Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. Hey, are you planning a trip this summer? A lot of us are. Are you doing it the right way? That's the question. Are you hoarding your credit card points and airline miles afraid to pull the trigger? Do you have the right credit cards to get the most miles? And how badly are the airlines really ripping us off? All that today from a world-renowned travel expert, Brian Kelly. You also know him as the points guy. He's here to give you his secrets for getting lower fares, maximizing your perks, and taking yourself on the best vacation for the cheapest cost possible. Come on, listen in. So everybody's traveling. So I think the timing of you being here is amazing. Uh, so my curiosity questions are, why have those airline tickets gotten so expensive? I get it in a general way, mm. but it seems preposterous. Are we getting ripped off? It's wild. I mean, certainly yeah. we're getting ripped off in the sense that travelers are paying way more today than they were pre-pandemic, and you're getting a lot less, mm -hmm. especially at hotels. But as far as flight prices go, you know, consumers, 8% inflation, we're all shocked and freaking out. From March to April of 2022, flight prices jumped the highest in history, 20, nearly 20%. March to, let me think April about this that. year. Yeah. Why March to April? Well, one, it was one singular month jump. So what we saw was the tail end of Omicron. Consumers are now comfortable with traveling. Mm -hmm. You know, we see COVID restrictions dropping across the world in terms of, you know, especially in Europe. And uh, people just want to travel. You know, people have been cooped up. They've got some extra coins in their bank account from the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and people just really want to travel and get away. So we saw demand just continue to shoot. And you know, airlines are supply and demand. And mm. unfortunately, as demand has skyrocketed, because you think about just January this year, we were in the depths of Omicron. You know, mm. people weren't traveling. We're like, yes. oh, we're in this again. Everyone's getting it. I can't plan a trip because I don't want to spend five grand. And then the day before, it's going to get canceled. Everyone had trips canceled. Yeah. But as we've come out of it, even though we're in a new surge now, I think people are just more comfortable with the fact we're going to live with COVID forever. We each have to manage mm. it. And um, but we've seen the biggest increases domestic. Um, but give know. me a, give me one number. My sense of watching prices is the ticket that I would have paid whatever for going to France last mm -hmm. year is maybe forty percent more this year. Am I exaggerating that in my head, or is that have prices really absolutely? Gone up? Well, yeah. last summer I traveled extensively throughout Europe. I mean, it was twenty five hundred round trip business class. We wait. We can't count you. I bet you get a lot of stuff for free. No, I don't. And to be clear, I don't take any freebies from the airlines. I've always paid for my own flights. Um, wow. Once in a blue moon, if an airline invites me to, you know, an inaugural flight that you can't buy tickets for, but no, at the points guy, we pay for all of our own flights. And we do that by, we put all of our business expense on credit cards. Oh. So for any of the business owners out there, the best way to earn points is, you know, if you've got online advertising, Facebook, Google, get credit cards that will give you, the Amex business goal gives 4X points for all internet, shipping, restaurants. Wow. I never knew that. I would yeah. never think of it. Yeah. I think of business and personal so separate. And business is how, I, when I sold the company years ago, a decade ago, I said, I need points to travel, so don't make me go onto the corporate card that doesn't get any points. So they agreed mm -hmm. to that. So today we spend over a million dollars a month on advertising and different expenses wow. all run through 
points credit cards, and then we fund all of our travel through that. Cause so I you're always first class? For the most part, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm being six foot seven. I mean, I'll fly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When you came in here, I said six foot four, and you said seven feet. You no, were no, no, no. I said six, seven. Oh, I think you said seven. Yeah, yeah no. It's oh a my six, God. seven. I'm disappointed yeah. in you already. I know. Well, Gosh. even though I have been going to my weekly stretching, I don't think I'm quite. Actually, in high heels, I dressed up as Chris Jenner for Halloween last year, and, and I, six, I think I was cleared seven feet. So I, I hope your heels were strong. Yeah, they were. I don't know how women do it. My my dogs were barking by the end of the night. I'm walking around barefoot at this party. Not to even mention your calves, but again about the price yeah. on the airlines because I really just am wondering. I'm like annoyed all the time. Yeah. How much have prices gone up so, overall a year ago to today? We're up. Almost a hundred percent. The average domestic tickets in four hundred and fifty. You could get two hundreds was the average a year ago domestic flight. And the reason for that is so demand is surging. People are comfortable traveling. You can't explain it away. I'm sorry. A hundred percent increase yeah. in and the supply has not caught up. So what happened is during the pandemic, airlines early retired Delta, 20% of their entire workforce, they early retired. Mm. They were planning for a five year slow, you know, dark travel winter. Well, now we bounce back, vaccines are amazing, confidence is up, and they simply can't hire enough people. So there's a lot of other short, like staffing shortages at airports. They can't find enough people to get the plane to the gate. So airlines can't add more flights because there's simply not enough people in the ecosystem to support it. So we're dealing with increased demand and stunted supply. You know, they can't, there's still planes parked in the desert. They physically can't bring back because they don't have pilots. And what happens lately, you know, the, over the Memorial Day weekend, thousands of flights canceled is our airline system is generally hub and spoke. You know, mm-hmm. Delta's in Atlanta, American in Dallas. Well, when there's a weather incident in one part of the country, it affects everything. Because that it plane, always has. A, always it has always a, has. Yeah. But now more than ever, because there's no reserve crew. So in the old days, they would have reserve crew sitting in a crew lounge at Atlanta airport. This flight's canceled. No worries. Let's pull one out, a plane out of storage and we'll get the crew on it. Yeah. Now we don't have crews. The planes are not back. So it's, it really is a uh, I get it, Brian, but I have point. to say, and I'll leave it alone, okay, because I'm annoyed with the airlines. But still, uh, if they have less personnel, less mm-hmm. flights, I, I get it that there's more demand. I don't get why it doubles. I yeah. mean, they have less payroll. Less operating cost. Less Barbara, it's capitalism run. 101. People are willing to yeah, pay. They all know. Right. So one should say it like it is. They're yeah. taking advantage of us. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and to add insult to injury, throughout the pandemic, the taxpayers, we funded billions of dollars mm, to the airlines. I hadn't thought about that. And nasty so the airlines stuff. have always been nasty like that, you know, and, and the U.S. airlines are hysterical. They cry foul that the Middle Eastern airlines are state funded. Mm. They have an unfair advantage. Well, they got bailed out. All the airlines, you know, post 9-11, they get special deals on, you know, so it's really funny that the U.S. airlines, they try the least when it comes to product. You know, you fly an American carrier versus Emirates, you know, and even a lot of European carriers, the quality is lower. Prices are higher. Yes. And it's it's what consumers have have grown to accept and it's okay, a shame. So, so you're gonna join my complaint club. So here's how to get around high airfares. First okay. off, you gotta know how to use Google Flights. It's a free tool, it pulls in most airlines. And what I recommend, you know, being flexible is how you get the cheapest fares. So many experts will say on Tuesdays, the airlines load the lowest fares. It's all garbage. The airline, it's all algorithmically priced day by day. Someone buys a ticket, the fare, you know, fare price will go up. So Google Flights is the best bet. It'll actually also let you reverse engineer. So what I tell people is you want to go on a trip, instead of going to Miami where, you know, the average hotel room is now 900 for a normal room, uh, you can put in your uh, 
home airport and then put explore and it'll show you a heat map of all the fares and what i recommend is plan your trips around Wait, all where... the airfares yep where so it'll say if you're based in chicago you want to yeah. go away last week of june mm -hmm. it'll actually show you where the cheapest fares are globally i see so if you want to go to the islands you can sniff out the cheapest fares you know especially if you're a family traveler saving 100 or two you know, by going one island over another. Yeah, can most people add don't up. start that way. But yeah. I would say nine or even nine out of ten people would say, I want to go here. Yeah. So being flexible in that regard that's how you is really money. smart. And, and there are amazing deals. Let's yeah. say you have to go somewhere, you set your mind. So on. you can yeah. still in Google Flights, you can look at uh, all of the different carriers. Now, what I recommend, and on the on the heels of our travel systems crumbling, and it's not just the U.S. You know, in in Europe right now. Amsterdam Airport actually told flyers, if you don't have to travel, don't come to the airport. We are crazy. It was Portugal had a strike of immigration workers. There was a single person processing. I knew people who waited five hours to cross the border. Dublin, Ireland, six hours to get through security. You so, find all of this where this information other than from this, you. you know, it happens on the ground at the points guy. We have, you know, 50 uh, editorial, Cops. you know, we got yeah. people all around the world. We see it on social. We'll write up stories. Not saying that you shouldn't travel, but when possible, book a nonstop flight. That's mm -hmm. a key, key tip, even if it's more expensive, because especially internationally, yeah. when you factor in a layover, if you don't have to, you're, you also sometimes have to abide by the COVID rules. Uh, like in Germany, you have to abide by, even if you're just transiting. Just stopping, yes. And I know a lot of people who have been really hit but, by that. But you save a lot of money on these stopovers, don't you? You, you can, and yeah. sometimes you can make the stop. But what, if you do do it, I recommend try to build in as much time as possible. Mm. Listen to me now, a one hour layover just doesn't cut it anymore. You know, mm. you used to be able to do that. You will miss your flight. And chances are now flights are sold out. Mm. You know, I was in LA going to Miami for the uh, South Beach Food and Wine. And I had, I almost missed my flight and there were no flights for two days. Wow. Literally, and I had to speak. So I was like, there goes my speaking fee if I have to fly private, you know, like mm -hmm. it was like really stressful. Even connecting through other airports, it was I wasn't going to be able to get there. So uh, build in as much time as possible. Um, and Google Flights really can save a lot of money. The other way is use your points. So I'm the points guy. I'd be remiss not to. So many people over the pandemic have accrued points and have way more points than they realize. Do um, any of them expire at year end? So funny enough, most of the American airlines now have no expiration policies. Except American Airlines is naughty. So April 1 of this year, they now start expiring if you haven't had activity for wow. 18 months. Good which I think is nasty, considering that's, what 18 months ago we were in the heart of the pandemic. You're not watching me. You're not watching me, so I'm going yeah. to mess you up. Yeah. And that's why So we created, we launched last year the Point Sky app. It's free, and it'll track all your points. And what we give is your net worth in points. Because what I love to tell people, people have so many points and they don't realize it. Mm. Um, and we'll also alert you if your miles are going to expire. Um, so what do you have to do on that? You have to register all your credit cards? It's annoying. I'm not going to lie. It yeah. takes us, you know, you have to click through. I use a password manager. So, you know, it goes pretty quickly once you get it connected. But yeah, we track every week. We'll track your net worth and points. You can actually say, I want to go to Tahiti on my honeymoon in 2023. Mm -hmm. We'll actually reverse engineer your credit card spend. So if you tell us what credit cards you have, what you spend your money on, we actually give you a report that says you're missed rewards. Sounds Barbara. complicated. Well, once you know, but we do all, it's all, so it used to be complicated because you'd literally have to have post-it notes on each of your credit cards. Use this one for gas, use this one for dining. And people actually did that? People, really yeah, track because like that. when you, especially if you have a business, like these points and our, you know, 
the millions of points people out there know, once you get into this game, and I have billionaires that follow the points. I mean, people love, I mean, who doesn't want to win against airlines and credit card companies? (laughs) And you can, I mean, the point system, and this is exclusive to America. There's no other country in the world that has such rich rewards. So not only can you get 100,000 points, which is a business class ticket to Europe for a single credit card sign up, um, you also get huge category bonuses, you know, 5x points on airfare with the Amex Platinum, uh, 4x on the Amex Gold on dining. So what happens is you take a little bit of time, you look at what you're spending your money on. Once you start putting, you know, how much do you spend a year on dining, right? So many people I know, like you, would be like, well, I have my Amex Platinum and that's what I use. Little did you know, the gold card, which is only $200 a year, gives 4x. The Platinum, the key card of Amex, only gives 1x on dining. So how do I really find this out on yeah. your app? I mean, it's so the app clear and easy to follow. Yeah, that? what I would say to everyone is, yeah. if you're listening today, look at what you spend your money on, and then literally just Google, what is the best credit card for dining? So, of course, the points guy, my team of experts. We Every major category, mm-hmm. online advertising, shipping, it, it's all out there. And so the, there's a points guy. There's a ton of other sites out there. So the information lives whoa, on the whoa, internet. Whoa, we just are here. We're promoting the points guy. Yeah, app, it'll actually tell you your missed rewards saying, Barbara, if you would have actually put, you know, all of your gas you're putting on platinum, you know, if you put it on this business card, you'd be getting 3x. And the thing is, once you look at how much money you spend in a year, if you're instead of earning one point, mm. all of a sudden you're earning two to 10 points on all those categories. That's it why this game is. So you can get the big sign-up bonuses plus the big, you know, reward on spend, and that's why it makes sense. Bonuses the fastest way to rack up points. Absolutely. So is it smart for me to take my old credit cards, get rid of them, keep moving my credit cards, and applying for new? Not necessarily. So when it comes to, I would have everyone today should look at the credit cards that you have and say, does this card work for me? And the easiest way to do is look at the annual fee, and then look at how many points you're getting, uh, and the perks. Mm -hmm. And the perks is something I really want to talk about because. Points are important. They add up. But um, what people don't realize in the United States, the airlines, there's no bill of right for customers. So if your flight's delayed 12 hours, you need to, you and your family need to overnight in Atlanta airport. The airlines owe you nothing except a refund. And you might get lucky. You might have a nice gate agent who throws you a coupon for a Motel 6. That's in a best case scenario. <laughs> what people don't realize is the credit cards don't go to the airlines. They're broke. They're annoying. They don't care about you because they don't have to. Because there's only four airlines that account for 80% of all travel in the U.S. They know you don't really have a choice. But credit cards, the Amex Platinums, the Chase Sapphires, they have travel interruption and delay coverage built in. Mm. And that's up to $1,000 a ticket. Your flight's delayed, your bags don't arrive. The airlines are not gonna pay you for a missed bag. Another tip on missed bags while I'm on the topic is you must put air tags in your checked luggage. Repeat after me, because there's no staffing at airports. Heathrow right now has 10,000 bags that haven't been processed. They don't have enough people to process the, the missing bags. But our followers at the Point Sky, if you have an air tag in your bag, you show the agent, oh no, this bag is here at this airport. Here's a picture of it, and we're gonna look for it together. Wow. And that's why I also recommend get I have a salmon colored Ramoa uh, suitcase. People laugh at me, but guess what? How if you're in a facility where there's a million missing bags, I can go, bam, that's my mm. bag right there. And it, it'll instead of them maybe finding, you know, your bag. I think I'd rather lose the bag and look cool. Yeah. <laughs> anything wacky like that. <laughs> Come on, Barbara. You could totally rock. Like I have a, The other one I have is Saffron. It's this bright yellow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, that I like better. Yeah. So let me talk about your business because yeah. I'm fascinated. Uh, 
everything I've read about your business, I think to myself, how did this guy move it so fast? I think you were in business about two years when you sold it. Yeah, it was a whirlwind. My life changed overnight. But how crazy is that? I never, yeah, made never any took an investor. I, a I ten dollar domain. So I always knew I was good at points. Uh, you know, in the nineties, my dad was a consultant working from home. So I I learned early on. You know, he traveled a lot. I planned our family trips. I'm one of four kids, Philly suburbs. And how old were you at the time? When I planned our first trip, I was 12 and I called up US Airways. I spoke to a wonderful woman on the phone and I said, you know, I pretended to be my dad in a deep voice. <laughs> and I realized right away, A, being nice to agents, another key tip. Mm. If you want something from an airline agent, be nice. Like I look at people screaming, I'm yes. like, you're not gonna get what you want, be strategic. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so it was nice. So growing up in the 90s, every year my dad's travels, the six of us would go to Cayman Islands, Barbados for free. So that's like when I learned about loyalty. Based on his points that he got for business travel. Exactly. So I was just always the nerd. Like in 1990, when I was seven years old, I was like the computer admin. I taught myself DOS. You know, we had Prodigy in those early days. So I just always knew how to research. And there were online communities on how to use freaking flyer miles. Fast forward to college. I go to University of Pittsburgh. I become student body president. I'm studying abroad in Madrid, one of my favorite cities. And all of a sudden I had miles and that's when I found flyer talk, which is this online kind of uh, subculture of people who just know how to maximize loyalty programs. Mm. Fast but forward. They, but yeah. it wasn't an app in any regard. You couldn't no. tap into it and find exactly what no. you wanted. It was these conversation. conversation boards that took months. You had to learn the language and I people see. were protective of the secrets. So that's 2004, 2005. Moved to New York and I got a job at Morgan Stanley and I was running all of our campus recruiting for high, but, you know. But I read about that. I'm yeah. thinking, okay, here's a young man right out of school working for a bank as a recruiter. And all of a sudden you start this app. Well, what happened? You, so what I learned is. Of course is, you had the knowledge, but what happened that made you think, whoa, yeah. there's something here. So, oh, eight, so I was like in my late or mid, late 20s. Every year I would get promoted and during the Great Recession, you know. No bonuses, especially if you're in HR and you're you're not even a VP. The worst department, I think. Yeah, HR. I know. Well, HR during so I was a recruiter, but then they would pull me in for all the riffs. Every Sunday, I get a spreadsheet reduction in force, because I'm six seven. I'd have to dress up in a suit, and I'd I'd be that person, wait, the Grim Reaper, waiting outside the conference room. So these career employees would then I'd have to escort them to the lobby and watch them leave the turnstile. Oh, so sad. And I was just crushed. But you said, but wait. But wait, do you have any points? Yeah, <laughs> go on a vacation, take your seven. But what, so I basically realized early on, like my career at this company, I saw how brutal and cutthroat it was. You're just mm. a number, you know. I had a great experience at Morgan Stanley, don't get me wrong, but I started to think like, I looked at my boss who's the head of HR recruiting, I was like, I don't want their jobs. Mm. And my ex at the time was like, you know, you're brilliant. And at Morgan Stanley, I was, I, all my the managing directors would come to my cube and I would plan their trips. They'd be like, I have how two million they, Amex points. Yeah, how did they know? You advertised that? You said, hey, I can help you out? Yeah, because I was traveling. So I was 27. I literally was in credit card debt, but I was going to the Seychelles on weekends. <laughs> like everyone was like, how the hell do you do it? Like you live like a millionaire and you are literally, I mean, they didn't know I was in credit card debt. Um, 
but I just was known as like the travel expert and word mm. spread and people loved it. And when I started the points guy as a blog, were I they, never were they calling you the points guy at Morgan Stanley? Uh, oh, that points guy there at the last day. I think it was just Brian, the travel guy. Yeah. But then in June of 2010, I started the blog and I registered it with our outside business interests, which is really meant for like bankers who have invest, you know, interests. It's not for employees who start blogs, but I was like, I'm going to do it just to cover my bases in case this becomes. But was that the beginning of the path for you to sell the business only two years later? Was that a, a, looking back, was that an important move that you took that turn right there? It was because when I got a decline for a bonus in 2010, that spring, my uh, boss gave me a bottle of Stoli or I think it was absolute. And I was like, it couldn't even be Grey Goose. You know, I was like, and she goes, don't worry. I didn't start making six figures until I was 30. You've got a couple years, kid. And I'm like, so meanwhile, also during the recession, I'm one of eight recruiters on the tech college team. They laid everyone off, so it was just me. So I'm working mm-hmm. overtime. I mean, when I tell you about my Sunday skip, Without a bonus. Without a bonus. Mm-hmm. And, but my bonus was my corporate card. So I learned how I called up Amex and they said for $100, you can get all your points. So immediately I'm like, and everyone hated doing expenses at Morgan Stanley. You used to have to print and fax the receipts. It was like hours long process. But what I realized is each page of receipts, it's annoying, but that's 50,000 points. You know, like mm. each expense report was about, you know, how I financed my life. Yes. So everyone at HR was like, Brian, you're the king. You know, thank you for doing all the expenses. Because I'd be like Stanford career for put it on my card, put it on my card. You know, our 50 person intern class, we were going to restaurants. Where because we're get- you were willing to do the red tape. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I'm raking in points. So I joke, I was points rich and cash poor. I started the points, not even as a blog. It was April of 2010 and I was a travel agent. So I was basically a points travel agent. My website was a form that you would say, Barbara, I have these points and I want to take my family of four and to how Paris. How people find you? I'm just starting out like In the that. beginning, I went through my Gmail and I type A and every person I knew. So I started a newsletter of like, mm. hey, here's the deals. And by the way, if you know anyone that needs to use their points, I have a service that's $50 a ticket. So I would work at Morgan Stanley, like come home and do my little travel agency because mm. I was helping people for free planning trips. So I'm like, might as well get paid. And then slowly that turned into people referring people because mm. people would come to me like, I just saved 10 grand on, you know, instead I was about to buy business class tickets and then this points guy saved me and I paid him only $200. So I probably Crazy. was like, and then my friend said, if you really want to get customers across the internet, you have to have a blog. And he was an SEO specialist and this is 2010. It's and he early, set me up, he set me up year. with the blog and he goes, Brian, don't do any of this weird stuff with SEO where you're trying to pay people for links. He goes, write quality content every single day, same time, and you will build an audience. Great and that advice. was like some of the best advice I've ever had. And so who gave you the advice to monetize your, yourselves? Because no one thought that way. No, and I actually, for a long time, so for the first six months, I was monetizing with Google AdSense. And, uh, and tell me in, in plain English what yeah. that means. I don't actually So I was able to that. put, I was only, I only had 10,000 viewers a month. So I was making like $100 where Google would put banner ads. Mm-hmm. And, and they were paying you for the banner ads. At a very so tiny were, rate. But what? Like, what were you making? Like a couple hundred dollars. Oh, like 100 to 200 to $300 a month. And you would call that monetizing? Well, at a very, very basic level. Yeah, because it sounds a lot more important than that. Yeah. So, But what ha- what was really monetizing was when my content would go viral and then people would come to the site and then... so. In the beginning, I was like, I just want this to be a never-ending referral for all my, uh, you know, my travel business. And my dad pulled me aside and said, Brian, you have to learn how to make money in your sleep. 
you can't clone yourself. Mm. You can't outsource this knowledge of 20 years to a call center in India. Mm. You know, people want you. And um, it was spring of 2011, a friend from college who was asked, he asked, he was like, we need to do dinner. We have to do dinner. And I truly thought he was trying to ask me out and I wasn't interested. <laughs> so another tip to people who are starting off, take every meeting because he said, no. Or take I, every meal. Yeah, take every <laughs> meal because he said, he basically worked for uh, Linkshare, which is now Rakuten, which is affiliate marketing. And he said to me, Brian, you're doing it all wrong. He goes, you're starting to, this, people are starting to read the points guy. And he's like, you're writing about Amex every day. Did mm. you know through affiliate marketing, you could write the same exact post, use our link, and we'll pay three or $400 for every approval that you get. Uh, you're kind of losing me. It's a little sophisticated. What are yeah. the bones of that? The bones and are if you refer business to a company, they'll give you a cut of the transaction. Uh, like a referral It's a fee. referral fee. Yeah. But it's referral. You would I would use instead of AmericanExpress.com slash platinum, which is what I was using to because I love the platinum card. Yep. I would use, you know, linkshare.com slash the points guy platinum. And what that does is put a cookie on your computer. Mm -hmm. And when you go to the Amex landing page, it if you get approved, mm -hmm. it'll come back and say, pay Brian $300 or whatever it was at the time. I see. That's not bad. So my first month, it was $5,000. Wow. And that's when I'm like, okay. I hope you reimburse that nice guy for the dinner so you So funny. You, so the nice guy. Uh, Don't tell me you married him. No, I didn't. Oh, uh, I want a happy ending. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Uh, but the guy who made my website did it for free. And he said, if you're ever making Oprah money, you know, pay me. So... Wow. After the site took off, I gave him and his wife 500,000 Starwood points, which were the primo points when Starwood hotels. Wow. So they went on a whole family trip to uh, oh, to Italy. Or maybe to Italy. You are. The Didn't guy. Uh, and then what happened was in, in the spring of 2011. So then I realized in press, most people didn't know about points. And the, the average travel expert would be like, frequent flyer miles are worthless. And I'm sitting here like, you guys are idiots. Like, I'm, tr I'm 27. It can be done. You just need to know how to do it. So I met the New York Times had emailed me and it actually went in my spam inbox. I was cleaning out my spam inbox and I see New York Times interview requests. Oh, and God. I remember exactly Big where mistake. I was in Madrid. And I was like, and they it was Seth Kugel, the frugal travel editor. How much after the inquiry did you find in your inbox? It was from December. And I think this was February, March. Good, good thing you clean things up. Literally. Right? I mean, it was what a random. And this is really what changed my life overnight. Also, by the way, it probably wasn't so bad you playing hard to get. I know. I guess yeah. it, it all worked out in the end. It happened for a reason. So he said, I'm, you know, I advise budget travelers and I think frequent flyers are worthless. I think budget travelers should choose the cheapest flight and not even worry about those points or too complicated. Mm. I said, oh, you've got it all wrong. I met with him for three hours in New York. That day he booked a flight using his points to Brazil. He, I think he had a girlfriend in Brazil and he was blown away. A month later, I didn't know if they were going to write the article. And a month later, in the affiliate marketing space, there was a new British Airways 100,000-point credit card. That was a big deal. And the day the New York Times post came out, it was digital, and it just said, the new you know, the, the new travel website, you must know about the points Whoa, guy. Oh, what an endorsement. And it, and unbeknownst to me, so it, you know, 100,000 people that day came, and it was a day that there was this 100,000-point bonus. What? That's popular. And I remember sitting in oh, my... because. I didn't I don't I didn't know right away how much money I'd make because it clicked you have to get approved. I made zero. Mm -hmm. I didn't need cheap traffic from China clicking links like a lot of websites. I needed high quality, credit worthy people.
to see my content to be like, oh, I need this card and then get approved. But it would be like a week or so until I got, I could see how many clicks would go to Amex or Chase. Mm. So I'm in my uh, bathroom in Brooklyn and just doing the numbers because my post was going viral. All these New York Times readers who were high intent travel people, they were eating up my content. I was watching the analytics and I just remember being like, I think I'm going to be rich. Like, you just had that sense right I then just, and there. And that day, I think I made over 100000 that day. Wow. Um, and then from that point, from the first that from the first affiliate marketing, it was six months when I made my first million dollars just wow. from. So that's 2011. I quit my job the day the New York Times article comes out. So it's nine months after blogging. I quit my job. I stay until June because my mom was in my ear. What are you going to do about health benefits? <laughs> and I'm like, I'll pay for them, you know, <clears throat> of course. And then so the site just takes off and people, it just keeps growing and growing. That and was what you would call that your big break. Yes. You didn't see it coming, but did you always feel like you'd strike it rich uh, on I, this path some, I, somehow? I knew very early on, I would say in the fall of 2010, after I started blogging, I was at a cocktail party and someone's eyes lit up and they're like, the points guy? You're the guy <laughs> behind the points guy? Instant celebrity. And it was like, and it's like travels. Everyone wants to travel. And my yes. demo is millennials, like hardworking millennials who want to experience the world, living in New York City, don't have tons of cash. And really the only way they can stretch it without going into debt is finding like points. And that what the, I teach people is if you just take care of your credit. And the craziest thing about points and credit cards is the more credit cards you have, mm. and if, as long as you pay them off on time and in full, those are the 50% of your FICO score is just those two things. So the more available credit you have, the less you use, your score goes up. So you can play this points game, reap huge rewards from sign-up bonuses, and your credit score goes up. So you get, in the end, you Easy. get a cheaper mortgage rate. Your life is better, you know, and I think that's what I'm proud of in this. It's like, I'm not telling anyone to get into debt. If you are in debt, your key focus should be getting out of debt, neutralizing that high interest. But you are telling people it's better to have a lot of credit cards. It actually, and it sign is. sign-up bonuses. Because I know some really wealthy people who have like one card and really bad credit scores. Because mm. um, the more available credit, if you're paying it every month and in full, it shows that you're responsible. Um, I see. And you rack up the points. You rack up points. You get to travel essentially for free. I have a curiosity question. I know when you were acquired by Bankrate, and this might be incorrect, I've never seen this before, you kept 100% of your editorial control. Is that correct? I did. So basically- How did you pull that off? Because that, that's what they want. They want control they when they do. buy They do. So businesses. Bankrate was a publicly traded company. They own creditcards.com, bankrate.com, which was the primo or you know still very top site for- But this high-end points travel, they didn't do any social media, any PR, like- what I did and how I spoke to my readers was working. I mean, mm. you know, I think, and they were like, we don't know anything about this space. Teach us about social. And, and from the get-go, everybody totally trusted you. Yeah. I mean, it's wild to think, I mean, most founders leave. You get your, I had a three and a half year earn out. So I was planning to potentially leave in 2015, but the business just kept growing. I was passionate about it. I still had a chunk, you know, a, upside of the business but um, not enough to really keep you there you never really do yeah but the thing is i truly loved it and they they were good partners to me they let me run the business they never made us move into their boring madison ave headquarters mm. they we were in WeWorks. Important. we had frenchies in the office we were building a media brand uh they built us a great headquarters when it was time to do that and um so i'm very fortunate because they were great they let me do my thing I think what they didn't do was give me enough support. Like I didn't have a single engineer. I didn't have, you know, so we were 
crushing it. Um, but how do you develop new stuff without any help? Exactly. So when Red Ventures came along in 2017, I didn't even know Bankrate was for sale. You know, I was a senior exec, but kind of they, they kept, Brian, do the points guy, run it, build it, do your creative we'll thing. We'll do the rest of the stuff. And, you know, what people didn't realize is like the points guy was a huge part of Bankrate's profit. And the points mm -hmm. guy has been extremely profitable, you know, from day one. Uh, so Red Ventures, this company overnight, I get a call, the point, you know, Bankrate is going to go private by this company, Red Ventures, you know. And I was like, who the heck is this? But um, Red Ventures is performance. Now we're one of the top media uh, companies in the world. We own Healthline, the largest health website, Lonely Planet, CNET. I'm curious about one thing, and I, if, I hope you don't mind me yeah. asking, but uh, you're getting marketing fees yeah. from Citibank, Bank, uh, the City Card, Bank of America, Capital One. I think there are a few more in there. Uh, does that compromise your credibility, even though you have yeah. total editorial control? How is someone going to trust you that you're not going to sway them this yeah. way or that way? So our readers are really smart, and we've trained them over time to be analytical. When I sell a credit card, I can't sell anything just saying, hey, get this, right? Mm -hmm. I need to tell you what are these points worth, mm -hmm. how we use them. And so I would and say- you don't do that unless you wholeheartedly believe in that. Totally. Mm -hmm. I've turned down many multi-million dollar deals of subpar credit cards because my brand value is not worth it. You know, of even course. personally, I, I can see through the forest, like you don't do a bad deal just to take a short time buck. Mm -hmm. And I think selling helped me be able to- not have to do that. And especially after we got acquired by Red Ventures and going private, we didn't even need to hit quarterly numbers. I mm -hmm. love being a part of a privately owned conglomerate because we can make big investments and mm -hmm. take big hits and not be worried about margins and headcount every quarter. What a luxury. It's, it's amazing. And um, what about the big hit you took? Was it American Airlines? The minute you launched your app? Yes. After? How did that feel? Was that your first a real trouble you ever had? Legal trouble, yes. You know, the points guy, we get along with, you know, a lot of people say, don't the airlines hate you? Mm. And it's, no, they love us. You know, certainly we tell it how it is. We don't mm. take free flights. So when an airline is, you know, we cover and we have journalists across the board. Um, and they always, you know, we've got a huge audience of the highest quality travelers in America. You know, it's, so we launched the app and I personally believe, just like your finances, you should be able to track your finances, your 401k, your stocks, all in one spot. Yep. Chase doesn't own your money. If you want to use a budgeting app, you should be able to use it. That money is yours. It's a parallel, actually. So, and the banks 10 years ago, when Mint tried to do that, the banks sued them and said, no, 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 security, you can't. So you were trying to do the same thing with free For loans. loyalty. Because yes. loyalty is a humongous, what people don't realize, the airlines sold billions and continue to sell billions and billions of dollars worth of points to credit card companies. Yeah. When the credit card companies kick you back a percentage of those points, every merchant that, and that's why getting back to why the U.S. is so rich in loyalty, every merchant pays 3% or so mm, for every you. dollar you spend. So the whole system is the airlines have created this amazing business where they can print cash. Mm. They sell points to credit card companies. And then if they get in trouble, they can help, uh, they get public help. Yes, exactly. They get yeah. public health, which all the airlines did. Yeah. And what they do is they devalue those points for the consumer. My point is, as the points guy, I want to create a platform across all the airlines. So you don't have to log in to Delta, American, mm. Amex, City all in one day to figure out where your but points are. you did are. create it. Not that you want to. You yeah. did so we it. did create it. Mm -hmm. And basically, American is the only airline that has said, well, we don't want you to, you know, and they're using security. So we said, great, we'll do an API. 
you know, we'll do the securest API, bank level security. Give you legal notice, or you got so they cease and desisted us. Um, We've said we believe it's the right of the consumer. We're not doing anything. Every consumer has to say TPG app. We want you to track this. We want to let you. We want you to let us know if Mm. someone debits miles from your account. There's so much fraud out there. So we think we could be a positive force to let the consumer. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, but you American know, it surprises is, me yeah. even more that other airlines didn't jump on the bandwagon and just just to cover their butt. Like maybe we should be suing this guy right. too. You but didn't have any of that. No, I mean the only issue is with American, and American is a yeah. very litigious company. Um, oh, it's known for that. So you is know, it known it's for that? All right. different airlines. Yeah, American for... just I mean was in a huge you know, Saber. Saber is the uh, platform that travel agents use. Mm-hmm. American is just somewhat lost a huge deal with them, but they dragged it out in the courts for millions and millions of dollars over the years, mm-hmm. trying to extract more money from this platform where that's Sabre, which is public knowledge. I Look, I don't want to fight. Like, I don't, at the end of the day, it's that's a point. It's been going on a while though, right? It is. It's, and it's, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll get to a place where we don't get, you know, into a prolonged dragged out lawsuit. Cause I think our goal at the points guy, we're here for consumer value. We don't charge anything for our app. We do not sell our data in our app. We actually lose a lot of money on our app because we feel long-term, the more consumers know about their points. And, you know, we believe we'll be able to uh, target and give you customized deals based on where you want to travel. Like so we it's think, a means for an end. Yeah, it's a new platform also for us, the app, you know, Google algorithms change. So yeah. if Google changes our algorithm, well, they're not, overnight, we could lose all of our traffic. Mm. So if we build an app where we have a direct relationship with the consumer, mm-hmm. long term, we believe in that. And we believe in order, you know, we'll give you tons of value back saying, yes. you know, push alerts. Barbara, you wanted to go to Paris. Let me interrupt you to ask you a question. I know that when I was building my business, um, I was really never sued until the very couple of years before I, I sold the business. When I was standing alone owning the business, with my own bucks, paying for the attorneys, it was the most frightening experience of my whole career for mm-hmm. me. All right, when you were standing there, purchased by a larger company, mm-hmm. does that take the heat off, or do you feel the heat personally in the same way? Like, oh God, the big airlines coming after me, or do you know, hey, but we're a big shop. Yeah, let them not mess with us. And I knew this is might happen. And in it, or is you, it when we were making it, I, I know I'm not going to be destitute on the street and you know it's through the business it's absolutely personal because it's my brand and someone's throwing and any lawsuit discovery i mean it's a huge suck of your time your focus as it is as it is intended to yeah yeah and i think threading the line of like i have to you know i believe in our core value prop i don't want to be fighting airlines Sure. Um, but I have to go on the offensive. You know, American April 1st of this year, they now start expiring consumer miles. So mm. right around the time they served us is a time that they wanted to start deleting people's miles, which is direct profit to their bottom line. Yeah. So it's clear to and most consumers, we've had amazing press around this because most consumers mm. can see clearly like, no, if we want to track our points Got that it. American has been paid handsomely for by the credit card companies. Like the credit card companies have no issues with us. You know, they tracking points and helping people use them. I think most other airlines realize the more people use points and get value, the more you're going to use your credit card. And that's Mm. what we've tried to tell American. We actually can probably build better engagement for your consumer. We're not trying to get in between. We're trying to bring in more consumers. I got to believe not a lot of people are listening there, right? Once a fight starts, people uh, close up their ears a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain, you know, who's making, you know, the legal department or not. I mean, so I'm comfortable litigating this in the court of public opinion because yeah. we're a pro-consumer company and I think yeah. 
you know, whether we win or lose, I'm comfortable how we've done this and the whole purpose of the well, app. I hope it passes quickly. I think it takes a lot of positive energy that you're capable of and drains you out. I yeah. don't care who you are, how positive you are. Yeah. Lawsuits are like the bane of existence. Totally. In business. No one wins yeah. at the end except the lawyers. I want to back out a little if I could. Um, uh, I have a couple of general travel questions, and you seem to be the guy who should be able to answer it. My first question is, do you think we're ever going to go on, as individuals, go on carefree vacations uh, uh, ever again, or with learning how to work remotely, uh, are we always going to have a hybrid? You're working and you're vacationing at the same time. Yeah, What's going to happen there? I think, I think as a society, we need to put more parameters around work. But you know, I know people. I think there is discussions. I think there is, you know, and it'll be interesting to see this great resignation and labor shortage. But now we're starting to see companies start to lay off again. So this. Yeah notion of the worker in power and people leaving companies where they don't have work-life balance. I hope, you know, for workers' sake, and I'm guilty of it myself, because my job is travel. I mean, when I... I could justify you being on a trip and writing about it and sizing it up differently, but for the average person, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that that's never going to happen again. I think it will. I, and I think it's up to people to set boundaries. I think, you know, I'm a manager. Or now I don't really manage people, uh, which has been the greatest part of my career when I realized... I'm actually not the best manager. Um, really? Yeah. So How now did you I come to that conclusion. I'd be curious. I was burnt out right before the pandemic. You know, our business is booming. We're building. You know, we've got a hundred some employees. I've got London every month or so. I was going to London, New York, Charlotte, and Austin. Plus, you were personally traveling. Because I had to be FaceTime with new teams, etc. And I would um, think the travel would burn you out more than the teammanship. The, right? uh, yeah. The, the it was just a lot, and mm-hmm. I was. Uh, and yeah, the pandemic hit and our business kind of stopped overnight. Mm. Took it since bounced back tremendously, but it kind of gave me this window of opportunity to not look win- internally. But not a window of extreme worry, but a window of opportunity is how you saw it? Yeah, I did. I saw it as a window of opportunity. I was, uh, I think life was just so fast pre-pandemic. I was mm. traveling nonstop. I was in a relationship that I knew I shouldn't be in, but kind of mm. did. And it was on the hamster wheel. Mm. And the pandemic hit. I kind of called off the uh, relationship, took a minute to breathe at work. We didn't have, you know, there was no pressure to, there was no credit card sales happening. You know, so we were yeah. losing money for the first time in history. But it actually was like, you know what, there's the pressure to perform. We're all in this crazy pandemic. So you were able to stop amidst all that pressure yeah. and regroup didn't travel. I have a beautiful, I love uh, a place in New Hope, Pennsylvania, surrounded by family. It's like my dogs, my dogs. Now I have horses and llamas and goats, but uh, I I love animals. I love that farm life. And and that's, it was truly, I know it's, it sounds a little trite, the people who are like, the pandemic was amazing because it's, Mm. it has been so destructive in many ways, but, and yes, I realized, you know, I'm not a great manager. I'm really good at talking to consumers, talk, you know, mm. being our face in the press, coming up with ideas, you know, product roadmaps, but mm. I don't want to be the person managing the engineering teams. And So who did you have managing that? So luckily part of Red Ventures is we've got a huge bench of senior talent. So they've mm. pulled in a really, you know, Stanford MBA, great operator who helped us, uh, you know, ran the company day to day. And now my main job. I'm working, and you didn't mind moving over no, for him. That's a little bit unusual. It was uneasy yeah. at first, for sure. And mm. saying, I don't need to be in all these meetings. Uh, in order to have impact at this company, I can actually have greater impact by doing less. Very and mature. Giving you other... know, I know so many entrepreneurs that never walk over that bridge. Mm-hmm. They just can't get there. Good for you. Yeah. It was, and it was, the moment that it 
now it's it's amazing and i i do think we're poised i'm so optimistic about our business i'm hoping to do the ink hasn't dried yet on a tv show concept on how to bring mm. points and put it into everyday americans because i do fundamentally believe everyone should be doing the points game whether it's cash backs so you've got a little extra margin in your monthly budget or you know just most people still are not maximizing their points so you know what I have, uh, what I find most interesting about listening to you, that's like a current that's going through everything. I truly believe you work from the basis of you want to help people. I do. As simple as that, I want to help people. And this is what I know. I mean, I get the, I have a, like people, when people come out to me in airports and just look at me and people just come out and be like, you saved me thousands of dollars mm. or you, you know, I was laid off. My family, we were able to take a trip, mm. you know, it was only to Orlando, but I used my points, you know, your team's post on how to get the fifth night free at Marriott and find the hacks. Like I get immense satisfaction mm -hmm. out of, uh, you know, being able to give people those tips to kind of get over and, and travel. And I do fundamentally think people are better, you know, racism and this notion that everyone who's different from us is, is against us. Like, I think people travel and you realize globally, like mm -hmm. the human race, we are one human race. Like everyone wants the same things. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I do hope that the more people travel, the kind of the better people they become. Mm. What an optimist you are. I really? am an optimist. Right. I'm fort I'm blessed with that. Yeah, yeah. You, where did you get that from? Your whole family's that way? I think I grew up in a pretty positive family. Must have. It wouldn't be who you but are. But not overly. Yeah. My parents are pretty pragmatic and, you know, grew up in huge Irish cat. My mom's one of 10 kids and mm -hmm. um, I was not coddled whatsoever. You know, my parents never did my homework and kind of always were like, you want a car? What work. kind of parents are them? <laughs> yeah, I I loved it though because I just remember driving my dad's 1994 Pontiac Bonneville as my friends had BMWs and I was enraged, but it actually lit that fuse inside of me. That's like cold desire. Yeah, and I was like, I know I'm going to be successful one day. Mm -hmm. So I do thank my parents for that. They've been incredible and in pushing me enough, but letting me jump off the cliff myself. Yeah, it's great to hear about it. I tell you, who couldn't root for you? Mm -hmm. Most of all yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick questions for you. You just have to answer them fast. It's like a game. Okay. Okay, here we go. For Brian, your favorite destination, personally. I love Tahiti. I'm a scuba Ooh. diver. And Ooh. go July through October and swim with humpback whales. It's one of the best experiences of my life. You can actually really? get in the water and okay. snorkel. Wow. Um, this isn't on their list here, but I want to ask you, how about Africa? South Africa is also the second place that I usually say is my favorite as mm. like a honeymoon or all around life changing. Like Cape Town is beautiful, mm. wine country. But not Kruger. a safari. I love safari. Actually, I've been safari all over Africa and I love Sabi Sands is my mm -hmm. favorite. Okay. Favorite airline? I love Emirates First Class. The A380. Never been. Mm. Oh, the A380 is the biggest plane in the sky, the smoothest, the quietest. And on mm. Emirates First Class, you can actually take a shower wow. in the air. And they have a huge onboard bar. Some of my best travel memories recently with my best friend, my dad having scotch wow. as you're over the Himalayan mountains. Like, wow. it's truly like the, the glamorous they, age of travel. Are they much more expensive though? Yes, but you can use points. Emirates is wow. a transfer partner of Amex, Chase, Do City. they fly to Europe? Yeah, they fly. Uh, I'm flying them twice this summer. They fly... Uh, JFK to Milan and Newark to Athens. Wow, wow, wow. It's okay. the way to go. I never, never knew that. Best airline food. 
A ridiculous question, of course. I can't believe what I ate last night coming in from Dallas. Actually, domestically, JetBlue Mint, I think, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Although Delta's, they now have uh, Union Square Hospitality and John and Vinny's in L.A. on the Transcon Mm. routes. Like, they're neck JetBlue and Delta are neck and neck domestically. And international, I think Singapore Airlines is fantastic. My vote on that one is for JetBlue by far. I love JetBlue Mint. I love my favorite airline. But why do you name them as your favorite airline? Um... Because unfortunately, they don't. Mint isn't served in that many places, and I love JetBlue, but they're on time. They're the worst ranked on time. Are they really? They're having big operational issues, and it, I just my time is valuable. And I, if an airline is just if, if there's a you're rolling the dice, with, you're going to get to where you need to go. Yeah, I just can't. Um, hasn't their service really suffered lately since they bought other airlines? I feel like they're a different airline now. What, JetBlue? JetBlue. No, so JetBlue tried to buy Spirit and they were rebuffed. But didn't they buy another one preceding that? No, they tried to. So well, JetBlue's been trying. They lost out to Alaska Airlines. Really? So, yeah. But um, I feel like the service has gone a bit downhill, I think. JetBlue, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's been any huge, huge change. They actually have okay. new planes. They fly to London now. And now on certain Mint routes, you can get their JetBlue. Blue Mint Studio Suite, which are the single, everyone gets a suite. So They're the best. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to go fast now. Sorry about that. Okay. A worst airport in the world. I, I'll actually say Mykonos Airport. It's, really? I was, let's just say, everyone has fun in Mykonos, and I was leaving once, and the bathroom had no doors or toilet paper. <laughs> that qualifies. The, the best one. The best airport. Um, I think Singapore Changi Airport is just mm. divine. You know, butterfly gardens and just absolutely spectacular. Never been there. Uh, what shouldn't you waste money on in travel? What's I don't think you should waste money on waste. travel insurance when they mm. ask, especially when the airlines ask you. It's a ripoff. It's not even insurance. It's protection. Mm. Waste of money. Um, I don't know. I was taking my whole family last year to Egypt and mm-hmm. I had the travel insurance. I wouldn't have gotten a dime back. I think insurance can make sense. Mm-hmm. So insure my trip is like an independent site to, but you have the devil's in the details, right? Mm-hmm. If buying easy insurance is generally a ripoff, but yeah, if you're taking a big high ticket trip, someone you know has pre-existing conditions, there are policies that will cover COVID pre-existing, mm, but make sure you get what covers what you think you're going to need. So you have to be careful. Yeah. What's over the top, but worth the money every time in your mind? Mm. Well, one time. You well, know. it's not even over the top. Everyone needs to get global entry and if you travel frequently getting clear is mm. 150 dollars or so a year and just gets you saves you time i hate mm-hmm. lines and so getting global entry includes pre-check and you know adding on clear mm-hmm. will help you uh because airports are just jam-packed these days would you rather travel alone or with friends i mean generally with friends and family I, there's nothing better taking my parents on trips um but I love once a year. I absolutely take a solo trip, and uh, it's indulgent. I think it's necessary. And even when I was selling the businesses, deciding whether to stay on when my businesses were acquired, mm-hmm. going on solo trips um, has helped give me clarity. And there's nothing more indulgent than just having your day and just ooh, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, eat whenever I want. Yeah, if you're not lonely. Yeah, I'm one of those lonely people. I'm yeah, lonely. and not on the list. But what do your parents say about you? I think my parents are definitely proud of the person that I've become. We do, at the point scale, we do tons of charity work. So I'm gay and out and proud and have been so fortunate. But so many gay people around the world are not. You know, mm-hmm. so we, for six years now, we've supported Rainbow Railroad. Wow. I personally do. And we actually help LGBTQ people around the world. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, Chechnya, Jamaica, wow. you know, trans people in Jamaica. 
live under gullies. You know, they live under bridges. There's whole shanty towns. So mm. we actually get them asylum in countries like Canada, wow. Argentina. And they're always open to that. They're waiting for that ticket out. Yeah, so there's tons of people. So we're, we support Rainbow Railroad. We work with Nobel Peace Prize winners. We take them mm. to kids around the world. Mm -hmm. It's called Peace Jam. We're actually going, going to Ghana this month with uh, Tawakol Carmen. She won the Nobel Peace Prize from Yemen. We do these huge uh, just youth peace conferences to help kids think about becoming nonviolent leaders. Because I think in this mm. world, we need more stable peace activists in positions of power because no one wins in war. That's what we're seeing. Well, Brian, so many thank places. you. You're such a good guy. Thank you for I'm having so me. So happy for your success. Really. Thank you. I appreciate well deserved. that. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.